Hello, and welcome to Where Am I To Go podcast. Today we are in Deer Lodge, Montana, which is between Butte, Montana and Missoula. Just about halfway, isn't it? Yep. And we are with Heather, and we are at the Territorial, Montana Territorial Prison. That's what it was originally, and then it became the state prison. Oh, so now we're at the Montana State Prison. Now, this prison's been shut down for... Since 1979. Okay. Yeah. And they have a nice facility here, and Heather is going to take us on a journey through, uh, (laughs) I think it's going to be some paranormal life, some... Some uh, prison life, some uh, different things that happened here. Yep. And I am excited for this tour, but along with this, Deer Lodge is a nice little town. Uh, I've traveled through it many times. They've got, what, another four or five museums here. Well, yeah, the prison complex is made up of five museums. And then once you've done here, other end of town is the federal Grant Coors Ranch. And the Grant Coors Ranch is? Uh, It's a working horse Oh, yeah, it's working horse, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's I a working what horse. Ranch. They have a, the, the great it's a horse. ranch. Every every year they have yeah. a great big uh, draft horse show here. They do. Unfortunately, this year it got canceled. Along with so yeah, many other so many things. Others, yeah. But uh, I've I've been through here when the yep. draft horses were here. That's a phenomenal show. Yes, it it's is. usually what in September. No, they've changed it now. It's it's now in uh, end of June and beginning of July, depending on the weekend that okay. falls. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's amazing to see all the draft horses in harness and, right. and they actually work the horses and yep. some of that kind of stuff. Absolutely. I don't know that we will be hitting that, but I want to hit your other four museums. Here in Deer Lodge, you've got the Prison Museum, yep. the Auto uh, Museum. Auto Museum. And, and how many cars did you say? Yeah, 167, 68, 168 cars. Okay, and we are going to be doing a podcast on that. This is going to be a four part podcast right. since we've got four museums to hit. Right. You've also got the. Yesterday's Playthings, which is all about, you know, toys from the past. And then we have uh, Frontier Montana, which has got a lot of, you know, guns and and artifacts. Even got, uh, what's his name, Colonel Custer's teacup and teapot. (laughs) Well, I guess we'll be excited to see that. Yep. So this this will be a four-part series. Yep. And then you got the Powell County and Powell County Museum. Okay. Which is just artifacts from this area. Okay, and we'll see if we get time to hit that one today. Right. Uh, but yes, we, this will be four different parts, so stay tuned in Deer Lodge, Montana. Yep. Deer Lodge is a really neat little town. It is a small town. Yes, You've got a population is. of what? It's about 3,000. Okay. It's dwindling. And it's right <laughs> off of I-90. Yes, it is. And you, you'll see the signs come in both directions uh, for the prison and the car museum both. Yep. And as far as a recreational area, this place sits right in the middle of all kinds of right. recreation. Great fishing, great uh, hiking, hiking yep. hunting. Uh, four-wheeling, hunting, yep. all of that stuff for outdoor recreation is available right here in Deer Lodge. Highly recommend uh, stopping here if you've got your camper on the back and you want to play for a day or two. Yep. This would be an awesome river. place to do it. And river rafting, because the river runs right through town. Okay, and so. is there some good rapids and whitewater rafting um, and stuff? No, I don't think it's as bad as that, but it's a fun to float the river. Okay. You know, a lot of people float the river, from, and they just keep going. And is so. this the Clark's Fork River? Clark Fork River. The Clark Fork yep. River. Okay. Yep, yep. Well, 
Heather, let's yeah. let's get on with our okay. tour here and and see where we end up. I okay. know where I am. All welcome right. to prison. Well, yeah, Isn't welcome to said? yeah, welcome to prison, dude. You're not getting out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, you know, originally it was a territorial, you know, and the funny fact about that was before the wall was built, they uh, had a wooden fence, and reportedly. The winds were so bad in Montana that it would keep blowing down and all the inmates would leave. And at the end of the day, the sheriff would round them up at the saloons and bring them back. Did he give them 10 bucks before they yeah, left nope. so that they would stay in the saloons? No, 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 no. Yeah, that, and, but they, they kind of um, they kind of s- stopped doing that when they realized that the, the officers were crack shots. You know, they were like sniper shots. So that kind of stopped. And then when, when it became a state, obviously they, did, they needed a state prison because they were tired of the vigilante type thing. So then this was started. And uh, what, what we see there, which you guys can't see, but it, there's the original uh, concrete where the original cell house, the first cell house, was built. And that was built in uh, 1876. And then it was destroyed in 1959 in the earthquake. And what we're looking at here, the she's a big describing, slab. is a great big concrete slab yep. that's probably uh, 40 feet wide and 50 yards long right. is kind of what I'm guessing. And I guess that's where the original, the first, the very yeah, the first, first cell house, cell house was. You kind of, you kind of got to remember that when the prison was put up, there was no town, so the town was built around the prison. So when you came here in the old days, what you would see is this massive, great fortress-looking thing. And there's nothing there, you know. Okay. So it's 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 really neat. Um, then when when the warden Conley, who is actually the longest surviving warden prison warden in the United States, long service. Okay. And then um, one of the first things he did, he was he built this wall, and it was all inmates. Everything you see in here now was built by inmates. Okay. Even making, you know, they did the bricks. They even made the bricks. Oh, really? Out of local materials? Yep, all in this valley. And did they quarry all of this rock? Okay, and and what we're seeing here that she's describing as a wall is it's a wall that's probably 12, 14 foot tall? No, it's it's actually 23 to 24 foot tall. It goes four feet down in the ground. Okay. And then you've got the granite on top where the guards would have to walk the wall. And 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 it's it's kind of tiered. I I see stairs going along the top of the wall where they must have been able to walk up to the next level. Yeah, pretty scary in the wintertime. Oh, I'll bet it was. Because it's only three feet. It's basically three feet wide. So in the wintertime, it was nasty. You know, a couple and of accidents did. may oh, have I'm happened. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yep. And and this wall is all rock wall. Uh, it's actually sandstone. Together. Sandstone and the top is granite. Okay. Yep. And it was all quarried here in the valley by the inmates. Okay, and then and then you've got uh, you've got turrets or or castle like features in each corner, which must have been where the guards were stationed. Yep. And yep. they stick up a little bit higher, and they do look very castleish. They do, and then you've got you know the whole time that they were up here when the they the guards would be armed with rifles, so you'd always have some rifle pointing at you somewhere. Right. And this is a pretty good-sized courtyard. I'd say, what what are we, 100 yards wide, maybe 300 yards long? Well, this entire complex is six city blocks. Okay. Yeah, that's about, it's about nine acres. Okay. Yeah. So it, it is quite large. Yeah. 
And that's that's including the housing and some of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But but this courtyard that we're in is pretty good sized also, other than a lot of it's taken up by this original foundation. Yeah, what used to be here, there's there's buildings that used to be here that are no longer here, and you'll be able to see those as you walk. There'll, there's placards that'll show you that. Um, obviously, over the time, they deteriorated or they were pulled down. Like, what, that the big concrete here? Uh-huh. When that got torn down, then they stuck up these big Quonset huts and used them as a classroom and a gymnasium. Okay. And then that was moved to the new prison five miles west. Okay. Yeah. So the new prison still has parts of the old prison. Yeah. Well, that's that's interesting. Yeah. And the and the state prison is still here in Deer Lodge. Yep, five miles west. Okay. City of Lights. It's not Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you, it's not Las Vegas. Well, I don't know. I shouldn't say that. I don't know what goes on up there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe worse than Las I Vegas. I know, right? So actually, when you think about this, so if you look at that cell house. Okay. The 1912. And that one's all brick. Yep. And so this one that was here was very similar to that. Okay. But it didn't have electric, water, or heat. Ooh, that had to have been a little bit tough in the winter. I mean, (laughs) tough in the summer too, but. Well, you got to remember, people in those days were a lot hardier than people today. Oh, definitely. You know, they they don't... um, you know, people today, I don't know what they would do without their little luxuries. Right. But it, when I just wanted to show you this part, because this would all have been attached to that cell house. Okay. And there's the original dungeon. Okay. But we can't go down because the stairs, it's dangerous. Right. Yeah. But that was closed down in 1966 by the FBI. Okay, because and, and what, what happened in the dungeon? Is that where the, the bad of the bad went? No, actually, from looking at records, it was basically kind of, uh, if you looked the wrong way at somebody, that's where you'd go. And, and solitary confinement situation? Yeah, it's the dungeon. They called it the dungeon. Okay. And it was uh, um, bread and water. Oh. You know, and there's no lights or anything. It's underground. And then it was closed down when the steam pipes burst and an inmate was killed. Oh. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So would have that maybe been kind of like the death row part nope. also, or did they have a death row here? There supposedly is a death row, um, death row cells, and that's in the old hospital, which that's currently under construction right now. Okay. But there are some cells in the middle, and then, um, yeah. But death row in, in death row in Montana was uh, originally hanging. Right. Uh, but now it's. Um, Lethal injection. injection. Yeah. But the gallows, which we'll see when we go out, that's the original hanging gallows. And they're still here. They're still here, but in Montana, you were hanged in the state you were sentenced in. So they call, that's why they call it the galloping gallows, because they would take it apart, transport it, put it together, hang the person, take it down, go to the next county, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, wow. Only two inmates were actually hanged inside this prison. But they were hanged with a different type of um, device. And we'll see that, a replica of it, when we get further in. Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, you just crossed the line and you didn't look down. I saw so that it's it's a really good, out of it's bounds. A really good job that guard is sleeping right now up in that tower. <laughs> <laughs> that out of bounds was for the prisoners. Yeah. If you, they if were you, out of their courtyard. Yeah. And you probably would have got shot. Okay. Really? Yeah. Well. Just like that. Yeah. <laughs> And that, and that was just a, uh, about a foot and a half wide 
uh, red line yep. that said out of out bounds. bounds on it. Yep. And I was wondering if we were going to cross that line because we were talking just well, on the I one was side, watching. But... I was waiting for you to see if you would notice it. I, I did yeah. notice. I just didn't. I just didn't bring it up any further. See, you know where you would have ended up in prison. Uh, I, I'd have <laughs> probably ended up there if I was in prison, whether I stepped out of bounds or not. Uh, okay, so as a prisoner, they would have brought you through into this area. This would have been check-in. Nope. This is actually straight from the main street. Okay. They would just walk you in. Actually, the guy upstairs would have. Um, and it was, it was like this the entire time this prison was operational. There's a key on a rope. Okay. So they would come to this door. He'd yell up. That guard would lower the key. He'd unlock this door. They'd come in, lock it behind him. He would yell through this Which little is device. A, this is a tube with a funnel. Yeah, this is like the old um, ships. You know, right. like the ships. On okay. the ship. And then they would send down a rope here. He would hook the key. They drag it back up, send the next one down, open this door, and then you do it until you got out into the main yard. Oh my goodness. You talk about manual door locks. On this part, yeah. Right. And it, it's funny because, you know, when you think about it, nobody escaped from this prison. Really? Nobody in the whole time it was on? Not in prison. They escaped from like the cow camps and the road crews, but not, not from, from the, prison. the prison itself. They after, tried. They, after they got the wall built. Yeah, after they got the wall built. When, yeah. when they no longer had wood, <laughs> wood, wood, wooden. Uh, uh, yeah, but you got to remember the wooden fence was the territorial prison. This is the state prison. So okay. it's totally different. So when you come through here and you're back out, as a prisoner, you would have looked and went, okay, this is the end of the rest of my life, right? Because this is what you're going right. to see. Little did he know that he's being watched. Because the guard up there can't see you. Okay. So he peeks through that mirror and he can see everything you're doing. Yeah. And then so they would like, have that's taken That's a two-way mirror. Nope, that's just a one-way. I mean one-way mirror, yeah. right. Yeah. So, so he can see yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. And then they would have marched you in here and then your new life would have started. <laughs> if you can call it that. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, it was a different life, whether well, yeah. it was new or not. Yep. And, you know, this, this prison is now one, actually, two days ago, no, yesterday, what's today, the third, July 2nd, 149 years ago, the very first prison I walked in here. Really? Yeah. Into the state prison or territorial? Uh, 1871. Okay. Okay. And then, uh, like I said, it, the way it was operational, it was the same kind of operations through the whole time until 79. That is really interesting. Right. Now, most of the other prisons around the country, did they update or were a lot of them still working on the old on the old plan like this one was? Or was this one really unique? Do you know? Well, I do know that I've been told that the 1912 cell house was a set of precedence for indoor plumbing. Okay. For, so, yeah, so for, dear for prison. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So when you walk in here, this is called the administration building and it's... <laughs> yes, we do have a guard standing on guard right there. Usually scares everybody. Yeah. We just came into this administration yeah. building. Administrative Ad building. Administrative building. And as we come in here, there's a, a desk with a big chain link fence all the way around it with a guard standing on the inside. 
and uh, it just startled Linda, Linda my, my travel <laughs> companion here. And uh, she was she was startled a little bit. But you see a picture of Abraham Lincoln. You kind of got a, a lobby that's oh, 12 foot wide, 20 foot long, something like that, with bars on all of the doors, windows. Mm-hmm. And yep. again, chain link fence going down through different Visitors. areas. So when this was, you know, when it was operational, obviously some of this was slightly different, obviously, right. you know, but for uh, tourists, uh, to make it easy for tourists, they changed things to show, just to show you how it worked. So what we do is, this is actually the visitor's area where the inmates okay. could visit with their families. And, and it was all open like this? So No, when they were this, vis- this actually used to be like a plexi oh, okay. with the speak holes. Okay. Okay. Just like what you see in TV. Right. And these benches are authentic. Okay. So they would have them sitting right here. Okay. And the family would be able to, to talk. They'd bring the inmates through these doors here. And then uh, every, all the paintings that you see in here were all done by inmates, even Abe Lincoln. Okay. Yep. That's pretty cool. And you've got a, you've got a big picture here that, that's uh, oh, probably four feet by eight foot. It looks mm-hmm. about like the about size of a piece of plywood that, yeah. that has an overview of the prison. As it was in 1971. Right, okay. okay. So remember I told you about those metal concert huts? Right. Now you can see them. Right. And then on the other side of that theater, you'll see another kind of metal building. That was the new mess hall when it started becoming overcrowding. Okay. And they had to, they had to kind of revert certain areas into different places, you know, to, for use. Okay. Yeah. So this was done in 1971. And I always cry. I always laugh about it because... If you look up there, you can see the cat. You see the cat in the yard. Right, right, chasing the bird. Reportedly, that cat uh, was asked, the nurse asked if they could have a cat to kill the mice. But they told us that that cat never caught a mouse in its life because the inmates would feed it so much. (laughs) But it stayed there, and that's why they put it there, because it was such a big part of the prison. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. (laughs) <laughs> and what cool. was the cat's name? Uh, you know what? Right at the top of my head, I can't remember. But when we go into Max, there's a little blurb on there. Okay, that's his name. Okay. I, I want to say Kyle, but did the did the inmates do like the etching on the glass? Yep. There's a there's a door here with some sailboats and yep. and some of that that's just on the... just about every piece of art you see in here was done by inmates. Wow, you know, some talented people. Exactly. Uh, that is actually the new state prison, but it's changed now. It's a lot, whole lot different. But that's kind of a plan of the new one okay. when it first was being built and stuff. And then you've got a picture down here at the end of an Indian with a bow on a horse chasing mm-hmm. a, a buffalo. buffalo. Yep. I should say Native American, but I, I, I slipped up here, <laughs> as, as I do often. Yeah. Okay, so when you're walking through here, now you've come into the central hub, and it's kind of like this is where prisoners were processed in and processed out. Here's some of the colorful characters that were here over the years, so you can see the different types of uniforms. Right. That they were. Wore. Some of them have stripes, some mm-hmm. of them are just black, some of them kind of look like suit coats. And there's one with a suit coat and a stripe. Well, yeah, it's, um, they, they would give them the overcoats when it got cold. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then when you move into this area, 
this was all uh, telephone communications, uh, you know, social services, the chaplain, all that, all those kind of people were in here. And, and now you, this doesn't have any bars on the doors or anything else. So the inmates were secured when they were brought in yeah. here? Okay. So yeah. they had, they, they had would have, there would be leg, a guard. Leg locks and I don't know if they'd or... have leg locks. I'm not really sure, um, to be honest with you. Um, but there was always a guard sitting here okay. as well. I'm sure they were shackled. Right. You know, but then you have a display. There's a, there's a kind of an example of what some of the prison clothes yeah, like. Yeah, and this isn't just pictures. This is actual, actual clothing. Artifacts. Yeah, yep. and artifacts. And, and then a picture you... of a guy there in the gallows, George Rock, it says, from 1908. Yeah, those, those two guys right there, they committed murder. Okay. On the deputy warden Robinson. Oh, in here. In wow. here. Yeah, we'll go into his room. Okay. Um, so these are the two guys that were hanged inside the yard, and as you can see, it's a different kind of uh, device. Right. But I'll oh. talk to that on that on the other okay. side when we see that. So yeah, it's just a basically a you know a, a, a sort of administrative part. Right. And there's just several offices here. You've mm -hmm. got the, the mail room and the chaplain, chaplain and the social services office and the director. Right. And so when you, they were in here, it was more to take care of business, I guess. And then you can kind of see some of the oh. artifacts for um, booking. But when you look at the table here, look at the stamps. Okay. And it's kind of, do you see the names on the stamps? Right. That's what they would put on there. Okay. Yeah. And, and is it politically correct to say this? I mean, there's um, female. We know that that's gender, whatever. And it says Indian and Negro, and these are all old stamps. Yes. Those, a lot of these terms have been... These are early, uh, like, 1900s. Right. Well, you know, some of those wouldn't have been an issue until no. 15, 20 years ago. Right, so. right. And they've got a camera here. One of the It looks like one of the old-style cameras with the cloth that comes over mm -hmm. the back of the head and a little seat. They don't have the height chart there. They didn't do that in those days. Okay. Yeah, it was just basically a backdrop. Um, and they would, on a majority of them, um, you'll see it would always be a right profile and a front okay. profile. And the other thing I'm noticing in this little photography room is that you've got a billboard on the back or a, or a pegboard that has all kinds of pictures. And I see about three men and about... 15 women. So did this women? Did this... There's not 15 women up How there. How many women is there? I see one, one, two, three, two, four, three, five, four. Six, I think it's seven, an equal amount. Eight. Okay. There's eight or 10 women. There maybe is a 15, <laughs> but I just had to take a guess. We're doing a podcast here and I didn't have time to, to, to count. You're I just, was talking. You're being biased against women. <laughs> <laughs> no, the question really was was this a female prison also? It was. And that's, that's, that's where I was wanting to go yeah, with this. That was it's... me. That was me. Yeah, no, it was a female prison as well. And okay. you'll see the original female prison. And the, did they kept them? They, they must have kept them separated. And In the beginning, or... they did, but there wasn't anything really for women. And so women were basically kept in their cells 24 hours a day. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah. And then um, in 1907, that's when they thought, okay, you know, more and more women are coming to prison. We need to put an actual prison in here for women. And the thing that's interesting about this to me is I wouldn't think there were that many women criminals. 
I mean, just looking at the board again, we've got 10 well, of you've them got, here. But you've got, this is a span, these, these pictures are actually spanning from early 1800s to 1960s. Okay. Okay, so it's kind of like, yeah, women were, women were tough in those days. Well, I know they were tough. They had to be <laughs> tough in order to live out here and put up with the, with the riffraff. That's right. You're, you're not joking. I mean, the men were tough. They, they were occupied with right. all of their occupations. They were out on the range for weeks and months on end. Women right. had a tough life. This right. was not a good life for women. No, 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 and, no, it uh, wasn't. And coming to prison was actually worse for women than it was for men. So. That, that's what it sounds yeah. like. That's that's for an sure. interesting yeah. twist there. We, women were very much uh, un or or like pushed down, you know, okay. even in prison. And then you're going to come to different stuff that inmates uh, made. Well, that's themselves. a nice display. We've got we've got a picture of. I'm assuming that's JFK. JFK and like his him. brothers. Okay, yeah. And then you've got a lot of beadwork. Yep, Native yes. American A lot beadwork. of beadwork and, and basketry, little tiny baskets. What were those used for? Um, we're talking about a basket that's probably the size of two fingers down to the first knuckle. These are like um, like pendants. Okay. Or for Native American, they might use for um, their, their ceremonies, mm -hmm. you know. But a lot of this is Native American. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And then we have the medical room, which when you look at those instruments, that would make you never want to come. Yes. <laughs> to, to an infirmary. Or if you did once, you'd never want to go back. Yep. So those are all actual artifacts from the prison that they actually used. And we've got yeah. a leg brace and a back brace that look like it'd be more painful than the backache or the yes. broken leg. We've got a dental chair here with some pretty primitive equipment. Uh, yeah, just lots and lots of medical equipment. But we do have a white coat in there, so the doctor must have been uh, at least sanitary to some degree. Towards, I would probably say, 50s. Okay. You know. And there's an old uh, wheelchair. wheelchair and, and, of course, the, the bedpan. Yep. And the bed does not look comfortable at all. That thing can't be more than a foot and a half wide and six feet long, and it's just a metal frame. And well, you have to remember, in prison, in prison um, it's not like you would in the, in the outside world. You were in and you were out. Right. It's like, yeah, it wasn't made it for was, luxury. Right. Those, that, those changes didn't start. And I wouldn't say it's probably luxurious now, but those changes didn't come until the 70s, yeah. I don't think. Right. And then you've got some bits of contraband in here uh, that they made, you know, like uh, chocolate tins, hot chocolate tins they turned into radio speakers. Okay. Um, there's also uh, one here, which, which I think is great, the old Wilkerson sword um, razor blades. And they attached it to wire. That's when electric became, was in prison. Right. And they plug it in. Well, you think everyone thinks it's a weapon. It can be used as a weapon, sure. But they used to drop it in their water, and it would boil. So they'd have oh, hot coffee. Now, isn't, isn't that, that neat? Yes. You know, I listen to another podcast quite often called Oh Elon Erlon. Uh, Why can't I remember the name of it now? I'm not ear sure. hustle. Okay. And an ear hustle is straight out of uh, San Quentin. Okay. And he was in San Quentin for a long time. He's out now, but they were doing the podcast from inside the prison. Right. 
And he would talk about all kinds of strange and, and interesting ways that they communicate, like when they flush toilets. Yep. They they'd send notes down to other people that would have their arms hanging out in the sewer pipe, waiting for the message to come through, and they right. would trade things back and forth. And uh, yep. they had to get ingenious. Oh yeah, they had to come up and devise a lot of things and make makes, life a little bit more comfortable. For it themselves. always makes me amazed that you know, if only they could have used their 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 smarts on the outside. Some of these people oh. could have been millionaires. Yeah, when we've got books it. here that are that are cut open. Uh, they they cut all the pages out so they can put uh, little contraband stuff in there. I can't really tell what that is. Drugs, drugs, okay. <laughs> marijuana, drugs, probably some shanks and some. Oh, I'll, I'll show you the shanks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's other got ones. lots of little pipes that are carved. Mm-hmm. This this display is really interesting. Now they weren't allowed to have any music in in prison. Is that correct? yes? They could. They did, but why it did was they just need to make their own speakers. And stuff? Um, a lot of it was just contraband. Okay. You know, just because you can't have it, they all have it. Do you see what right. I mean? Right. Yeah. It's like you tell me no, I'm going to say yes. Well, that's, that's how it works. Kind of like part of what we're here. Yeah. And then you have what we have here is uh, the guns are are real. Um, the bazooka is a replica of the bazooka that was used in 1959 to end that riot. Tell me about that riot. Okay, it was two gentlemen by the name of Jerry Miles and Lee Smart, which you can you can see their photographs here. Right. So Lee Smart was 19, Jerry was about 44. And they just decided to take over the prison. And 22 other inmates helped. So they took over the prison for 36 hours. Wow. And in that time, the next deputy warden was murdered. So how many deputy wardens of two deputy wardens? Two, and it's a really here. interesting when you when we go into there, how how closely they were. Okay. In in all aspects of it, you know, but the the um they had them holed up in what we call the death tower, and uh, the national guard was called in and they fired off the bazooka with stun grenades, and um which you would have think would have killed those two inmates, right. but it didn't, they had already made a pact of suicide murder. Okay. So, yeah. So did they kill themselves? They, they did commit suicide or? Commit suicide and one shot the other. Oh. And, and from, there's kind of a controversy on who shot whom, you know, but uh, I believe that Jerry Miles, the older gentleman, shot the young boy and then he shot, shot himself. himself. Yeah. And yeah. what is this gun right here? It's, it's, uh, we're looking at a gun that, it looks a lot like a rifle, wall, except it's got a huge barrel on it. The projectile underneath is probably an inch and a quarter in diameter and 12 it, inches long. Yeah, it's, it almost looks like a... Um, um, ah, I can't think of the word. You and me both here. Um, <laughs> this one, good. We're going to have fun today, aren't we? Yeah. Um, it almost looks like a, a, a shell from a cannon type right, thing. Right, yeah. But it's not. It's, it's more of a stun Tear gas. Yeah. Tear like gas. Like a stun used for used for sort of um, putting down a riot but not killing people. Okay. Yeah. And then you have the rifle and everything. Yeah, there's a few guns yeah. here in this display along with a bazooka sitting on top. Yep. I know, right? It is cool. And then, of course, now, if you really want to know about it, that's the book to get. This, is, this book um, was written by Kevin, uh, Kevin Giles. 
his father was here as a guard when this happened. Okay. And his, his account of this prison and how it worked from the beginning, it, it is an absolutely fantastic book. Okay, and the book is called Jerry's Riot. Yep. The true story of Montana's 1959 prison disturbance. Yep. Well, it wasn't a riot. It was just Oh, no, it was a riot. But they, <laughs> yeah, it was just a little hiccup in the system. <laughs> but it, it gained national, uh, international. So, you know, Life wow. Magazine. Yeah, they've got um, a bunch everything. of uh, magazine articles here. Yep. Life Magazine. I may have to buy that book. It, it, it is. Do you so have it at the yes, gift store? We do. Yes, It is a really good book. So then... Now you come into what they call the deputy warden's office. Okay. And obviously the captain. Okay, that doesn't show up. The captain of the guard and the captain would be in here. And then the deputy warden's office is in there. And this is it where. It looks like he had a little bit more of a high class uh, office. Yeah. That is the warden, the photo, the painting. Okay. That's Warden Conley. But the, you have to remember, the warden and the deputy warden were never in the prison at the same time. Okay. For safety reasons. Right. But when I was telling you about how close those two riots and the circumstances, uh-huh. that's what we call it, a parallels in tragedy. Okay, and the first one was in 1908. So, 1908, and this is, a, this is Robinson, Okay. He was killed by these two, okay. and those two were hanged. This is the deputy warden, Roddy. He was shot in the heart by Lee Smart. Okay. Okay. He was, Jerry Miles was a petty criminal. He wasn't really in here for um, major crimes, but he did actually, he was in Alcatraz. Oh. And that's where he learned the, the art of rioting, was in Alcatraz. He so was he was a like master. A, he was like the con boss. Okay. And then these these two were friends. And, right. And, uh, <laughs> she, she's doing parentheses <laughs> with her fingers as far as what kind of friends they were. Yeah. Okay. And so, and then that's that that bottom picture is him after the okay. riot finished, and we don't put the other one up because it's even more graphic. Um, and then you have the two blueprints basically of. 1908 building, uh-huh. or what in 1908 riot, the building that was here on top of this place. And then when they tore that building down, and this building went up, and there's a blueprint. And when you put it over, it's 15 feet they died. Spot. Oh, really? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. And what, well, what year was this new building built? Uh, 1931. 1931, okay. Yeah. And that in here is, is very uh, active. At nighttime? Paranormal. Let, let's go ahead and talk yeah, about paranormal. a little bit of your paranormal. Yeah, let's, yeah, just, yeah. let's just get into a little yeah. bit of this because it was something that you brought up when I had contacted yeah. you on this. Well, the paranormal part of it, you know, we do do paranormal investigations here and we invite the public. You know, you book a spot and you come in and I have all the equipment and stuff. And you book this uh, through, through the, the website? No, no. You, you have to book it by phone or you can email me okay. and it's, it's on there. It's on the website. On the website. Okay. Um, we try to, to not overload it because it's more fun when you have smaller groups. Um, and then we come in and we investigate and we contact and we make contact. And in here especially, it can get very nasty. Really? Very, very nasty. And when you refer to nasty, you're talking? Evil. Okay. Evil. Um, some people have been hurt on the, on the investigations. 
Uh, some people have been taken over. Uh, we hear footsteps. The, the, that front door has a tendency to slam on you. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it gets very unnerving in here for some people. And you yeah. have said that there's been several TV shows. That yes. Have, uh, why don't you explain some of those? Destination Fear. Okay. The reason that I want you to do that is people can go to these right. channels and, and be able to reference what you're right. talking about with the paranormal and maybe yeah. schedule a trip if they're interested. Yep. So we, you know, we, ha- we just had Destination Fear here in March th- okay. this year. Um, and then because they're a new group and they go around all these haunted places. We've had Ghost Adventures. We're here a couple maybe four or five years ago, um, and I'm sure everybody knows who they are. And then we've had um, Ghost Lab, and then we have different investigators from all over the United States who bring their teams in, right? and they come in and, and do their investigations. And, and what do they find? Are they finding Lots much? of things. They get uh, dark shadows, they get knocks, bangs, doors slamming, people being scratched, hair being pulled, uh, women get touched up. Um, inappropriately, um, men get touched up inappropriately <laughs> as okay. well. You know, um, we've had uh, people literally being taken over. I mean, you can actually see them, and then when they talk, it's not them. I mean, that that can get a little. Now, does that leave when they go out the doors, or does that stay with them? No, we try to we cleanse before they leave. But some people have a little bit of a lingering effect on it. You know, but these are all the public. These are people right. who, you know, I don't know them from Adam, and I just tell them this is what could happen, and if it happens, you know, we'll try and protect you. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so if anybody's interested in that, yeah, absolutely. definitely come to the website. What is your website, as long as we're talking? It's Old Montana Prison. Old Montana Prison. prison. I, yeah, I found just look it, at that. I found it by looking up the yeah, Montana the prison. prison, Deer Lodge, Montana. Sometimes the, prison the, Museum, I think, yeah. is what I typed in. Sometimes the funny thing is, is that people who have never been here before, and they, they put it in their GPS, and you know the GPS will tell them, and then they end up at the checkpoint of the new prison. That is hilarious. That is, is, yeah, it's funny when people have that happen to them. And so the last bit in here, obviously, is all the uh, contraband shanks, all handmade by inmates. Every single one of them, even down to the knuckle dusters. And where do they get some of these blades? Okay, so you have to remember, this prison was actually self-sufficient. It had a lot of factories, a lot of um, stuff that the inmates could do. Okay, so there was a garment factory, a furniture factory, a shoe factory, brick kiln yard, um, a garage, mechanics, laundry, food, bakery, you name it. It was all in here. So in the old days, they were able to actually get their hands on stuff that nowadays they would never be able to. Or it would be very, I wouldn't say never be able to, it would be very hard to get some of this stuff. Okay, and so basically what they do is, you know, they get the metal pieces and they cut them and then they go outside on the concrete and they sharpen them up and then they use them. So as a guard or I suppose as anybody, you didn't want to come across this stuff, you know. I mean, the um, the light bulb, you know. What did they do with the light bulb? Okay, so there's the old, that, that movie, The Longest Yard. Right. The newer version of it. Um, basically, it's to kill. So what they would do is they, they would inject fuel into it and put it in the light but not quite connect it. So when that inmate came in and his light wasn't working, he'd tap it, screw it in, and boom, 
It was oh. it was an explosive device. This particular one was found before it was used. Huh. So yeah, so that's that's a real McCoy right there. And then um, the concrete shoes. Uh, everybody thinks it basically was made for escape prisoners, so they couldn't escape. Um, the other story is is the brick kiln yard was very hot, and it would melt their shoes. Oh. So I'm not sure which of the stories are correct, but they those are real. So. Um, you couldn't really escape from them. They're like 40 pounds. <laughs> and, and, and what we're looking at here, just, just so everybody has an idea of what we're talking about, this display is a, is a nice size display. But there's, I, I always thought of prison shanks as being more like a, a shish kebab skewer. Yeah. And so there's several of those kind there that have tape wrapped around them for a handle for, for possibly stabbing somebody. Mm -hmm. But then we get into actual knives. And some of these knives are actually kind of cool looking as far as being homemade, yep. uh, just kind of garbage things. But we've got some here with blades that are 12 inches long, 14 mm -hmm. inches long, and handles on them. Uh, all of them look like they have pretty decent sharp edges. We have, uh, what, what is that? This, everybody asked me what that is. Basically what that is, it's a special handle on a, that they put the knife on. And basically you'd, you'd walk by somebody and you would have it here and you would thrust it up, but the blood would stop it from slipping out of their hand. You see oh. the blood, when it, when it hit, in most shanks, it gets slippery. This would have prevented the, you know, slipping out of his hand and he'd be able to walk on it's pretty and the nasty. handle the handle with this looks like a goal post a yeah. football goal post it's yeah. probably four six inches wide mm -hmm. and then has the shank coming down out of the bottom and what are these pliers there's a pair of pliers here with uh, longer handles lashed to it like you would use maybe for leverage but or trying to cut through a fence oh okay yeah okay handmade Yep. yep. <clears throat> and a pair of nunchucks, mm -hmm. homemade nunchucks. You got uh, knuckles brass stuff. knuckles. And what are these plumbing pipes that uh, you've got a plumbing pipe that kind of comes on down? Looks like it'd be more used for smoking something than uh, a weapon. But um, what do you call them? You know, like a welder's? Because they would, they would make their own welding devices. Okay. So that they could cut through the bars. Cut, oh, a cutting torch. Yeah, that's it. That's a I'm homemade cutting brain torch. What were they used for fuel? They would sneak it from one of the factories. They just, were very they, ingenious. They would take like a propane bottle yeah. or something? Wow. Isn't that cool? This just has some really neat stuff in it. The neatest thing, though, is don't read that. Okay, I'm okay. not going to read that. So it's a rope. Okay, and it's supposed to hold a 165, 169-pound man. Okay. But guess what it's made out of? Sheets? No. Nope. Toilet paper. To toilet paper. Toilet paper. That explains the shortage. Well, no, actually, <laughs> all I can say is it just goes to show you how strong prison toilet paper is because it's definitely not shaman. <laughs> There's no soft landing on that one. And we're but talking yeah. about a rope that's braided with toilet paper mm -hmm. that, that's only a three-eighths inch rope. I don't know if that's even a half-inch rope. No, this is just part of part of the rope that right. he was making to try and scale the wall. And it would hold 160 pounds. Yeah. That's just unbelievable that you can weave toilet paper together to, to do toilet Especially paper. if it had any perforations in it. Probably that thicker kind. But toilet paper is actually a very dangerous weapon. 
Really? Yeah. Okay, keep explaining. Well, I don't want to give people ideas, but there's certain ways that they mold the toilet paper and that, and it becomes sharp and oh, okay. and really, really, really strong. Yeah. And it it can do some damage. Wow. Amazing, huh? I, I never would have been scared if somebody said, I'm going to come kill you with a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> now you know. Happened. Now you never know. Never would have happened. <laughs> yeah. Wow, this, this, this display is just... You can stand here and look at this stuff for, for a long period of time because it's just so cool. Well, and, you know, people always think, you know, they see it in the movies where inmates cut out books and stuff. Well, yes, they did. They, it was, that's, they did do it. A lot of the times it was the Bibles. Right. As you can see here. This is all uh, drugs. Drugs. Yep. There. Yep. So, we see several You know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's just one of those things. And what did um, they do with the Clorox cleanser? Mm, I think that was just an evidence part. Um, it was kind of like a um, uh, sometimes they use them as weapons, like to make uh, explosives, okay, or to throw in your eyes, stuff like that. You know, they anything that they could get their hands on, they could revamp to use as a weapon. I mean, in prison, it's everyone for themselves, right? So you have to be ingenious about how you. You know, wow! I know, right? This is this is just way cool. So now you have to tell the guard where you're going, because otherwise you'll, you know. We're going <laughs> no, with kidding. her because she's leaving. <laughs> we have no idea where we're going. Sorry about that, uh, Mister Guard. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean the prison is like you know, I mean it's very very old, and like I said to you in the beginning. You know, it is not state or federally funded like a lot of these prisons are. Uh-huh. This is purely a prison that was taken over by a foundation. And we rely on tourism and, and different people to help us keep this open and, and repairs. You know, and you, and you also, you know, we try to get grants and stuff. You know, so the more support we get from the public, the more we can keep this open as a history for everybody. And, you know, the prices here, uh, and, I, and I haven't been here for probably about eight years. I, was that, that was when I came mm-hmm. through here last. Uh, I think it was $15 a person. Yep. Is it still $15? So what it is, it's $15 a person unless you qualify for the uh, discounts. And that's like if you're a law enforcement, government employee, uh, senior citizen, a AAA. Right. And then that goes down to 12 Okay. Okay. And kids nine and under are free. Okay. But the nice thing about it is that gets you to all the museums. That's what I was going to say. And it also gets you to come back one more time within that, that year frame. For a year? Yeah. So if you were to be here wow. and you miss something, you could come back with as long as you have your receipt ticket and, and finish off your tour. There's and, and, not and, you get, and you get, you get what, five museums? Yep. Five museums for 15 bucks yep. for a full year. Yep. Where else can you get a deal like that? I mean, yeah, it might, if you've got a family of four, it's going to cost you 60 bucks. Right. But you could easily spend two, three days here yep, in Deer Lodge absolutely. just looking at museums. And you can also become a member. And, you know, membership, family memberships. You know, um, a lot of people will do that. And you can come in at any time you want. And it also gets you a discount in the gift shop. Wow. So, yeah. So this is actually the replica of what George Rock and William Hayes, the two inmates that were killed inside prison, the only two. And it's called a jerk-up gallows. 
And basically what it is, is um, the weight has to be heavier than the person you're hanging. And this is how they were um, executed. And the, the warden Conley, he, he basically wanted revenge um, for his killing of his best friend. Warden Conley almost died. He was stabbed 108 times. Ooh, how did he survive that one? <laughs> he survived it, but his, his uh, deputy didn't. Anyway, uh, it actually took 15 minutes for the people so to die. So all it did was strangle them to death. Pretty much. And yeah. what we're looking at here as far as a gallows is it would look like your normal hangman's mm-hmm. uh, apparatus. Yep. It has the noose coming down. It has yeah. uh, pulleys coming across the top, and it's got a weight. Yeah sitting on a platform a on the back. And so I'm sure that what they must have done is put the neck on in and left them standing on the ground and then pushed the weight off the back, and that's what right. raised them up and strangled them. Pretty much. That's exactly there how it happened. There wasn't any neck breaking going on with this. This was It just was supposed a, to. Oh, it was, was supposed it? to. I mean, that's what's supposed to happen. But in these two cases, it didn't. Oh, it did. Okay, yeah. wow. strangle them. But also in those days, in the 1900, a hanging was a family event. So you would get gilded invitations silver or gold gilded invitations to come to the hanging. And as you can see on the photograph, you can see some of the people sitting up on the wall. Yeah. Okay. So basically this is, uh, this area, this, this hole behind you wasn't here at that time. So the wall actually went that way. Okay. As you can see the difference in the sandstones. Right. Okay. So the public would come in here and have a picnic. Really? And the family, the family of the, per, of the victim or the family of the person getting executed? No, everybody, the public. The public. Just, Just like, you know, the, hey, well, it's, so a, it's a family event. We're having, we're having an afternoon yeah. hanging and everybody come down and yep, watch. Pretty much. Okay. I mean, that's what entertainment was in those days. Well, <laughs> I guess it probably was. <laughs> yeah. But they were the only two inmates ever to be hanged inside, uh, a legal hanging inside. I mean, there was a lot of other deaths in here, suicides, murders. And how many um, people died in here? I could not give you that count number. Uh, a lot of the records were lost, but you have to take into consideration uh, pandemics like we're going through right. right now, only it was the Spanish flu. In 1918. Yep. And the inmates that got that, they were taken to the top levels okay. in, the, in the cell block, and that's where they died. There was no hospitals. Right. Not, you know, for the prison. That's and, the only and, and way the, they and could. And the doctor's office in there looked pretty dang primitive. <laughs> I, yeah, it was kind of, like I said, prison, you're, it's everyone for themselves, basically. And then you have, <coughs> excuse me, as we come along, at the base of uh, one tower of the cell block, you have East Siberia. I always call this the luxury version of Siberia. There's a couple of cells in there, and it's more for isolation, uh, protective witness, um, they would house people in here who may have been going crazy and waiting to go to Warm Springs the Mental Institute. And Warm Springs only, what, 10 miles? Seven miles. Seven miles. And that's still the state mental yes. institution, correct? It is. Yes. It is. Yeah. Yes. So this is, you know, it's a small area. <laughs> oh, it to... is a small area. Well, it, actually, you go in there, and it wasn't until later that they put the plumbing in. But like I said, originally there was no electrical plumbing. And you, and you could house, what, two, two prisoners in here? Yeah, they would put two prisoners in here. And um, this is just a concrete dungeon with big heavy metal doors, a yep. rat on a bed, and a, uh, a couple of cots that are probably old cotton cots sitting on a concrete slab. Yep. And 
Then you have the bathroom just right. Is, this must have been no. a common bathroom. No, no. And originally it was honey buckets. Oh, okay. Which is just the male bucket in there for, um, you know, right. for, for uh, taking care of things. Yep. Okay. So this is the nicer version. Um, you know, when you look out the window, this is what you would see. You may have come out here for a little bit of exercise, but not much. And how long did these prisoners usually live in these facilities? I mean, did they make it to 70 years old or did most of them die by, you know, 10 years after they were admitted? Well, it's really funny because I'm actually researching some archives and putting together stuff. And when you look at the sentencing back in, um, you know, when it first started, you might have been sentenced to 20 years right. for murder in the first degree. But when you look, they paroled you less than a year and a half later. Really? It was, it's really weird. It's, it's, the whole system was very different. And even now, looking at the 70s, um, you can see people who were sentenced to a year and a half, and they'd be out in three months. Huh. And they had the good time behavior and all that stuff, which I don't think they, not sure, but I don't think they have that now. I'm wondering if that had something to do with economics, where prison's now a, a right. money-making yeah, right. uh, endeavor or, or the prison complex, I guess, prison industrial complex right. or whatever they call it, versus we just can't afford to keep this guy here. Right, right. So now what you're looking at, you're going to enter West Siberia. Okay. And this was a little more severe. Um. It also, believe it or not, it kind of, it faces north. So the wind would just howl through here. Yeah. Yeah, this, we, this is a little bit dark and dungeony in here. Right? Yeah. And you even have a, a rat man in here <laughs> sitting on one, of the, on one of the concrete slabs where the bed's supposed to go. We're talking a cell here that is probably only five foot wide and six foot long. Yeah, I don't I mean, even. It is, it is nothing as far as, as uh, a place to have to spend time. How often would they let them out to exercise? Um, that little exercise area out there, maybe an hour or so. A day. Yeah. So they spent 23 hours of the day inside of a dark, right. very small room. And this actually, where you were standing, that cell right there, is actually where Jerry Miles, the leader of the 59 right. riot, was put in here in February of 1959. And that's where he came up with the plan for the riot in April 59. He was just given way too much time to think and no place to relieve any stress. Right. That piece of art, the rat, you call it, uh -huh. that actually um, is a depiction of Jerry oh. Miles. That's his head. Okay. Well, not his real head, but right. his, you know, a thing of his head on a rat's body. And they say he didn't like rats and he didn't like snitches. Okay. So it's kind of a double insult there for Jerry Miles. Now, this particular area for paranormal can get a little freaky in here. Huh. So, yeah. Okay, so as you get around here, now you come around West Siberia, in the same place that you were, only this is the Death Tower. And if you look like right above you, you can see where that bazooka hit. Oh. Okay. Okay. But it may not look as severe now, but... In 1959, this was a mess when that hit. Oh, I'm sure it was. Okay. So it's kind of like um, that's where they died. And it's like 72 feet up. Yeah, I was going to say um, this tower is really tall. Yeah. 
and you can definitely see the, the bricks are are kind of layered in for mm-hmm. the window or whatever and you can see where that bazooka hit the bars are bent and yep uh, I, I don't even know how they really, where, where did they shoot it from? From because up of the on that tower. Oh, from, from the, okay. So, because getting the trajectory to hit there would have been right. kind of rough. I didn't think it was going to be in the way. So uh, basically, when the riot was underway, and now they were going to try and get it stopped. So what they did was there was um, a trooper up on the wall here, and he was shooting this way into the building to distract them. Okay. Okay, you can I you, you might be able to see still some of the bullet riddles at that top, do you see? Oh, yeah. Okay, up yeah. there. Okay. So then the National Guard was called in and the guy was up here and point of fact, he missed one. It went high. Uh-huh. And then and you can see that as we cross the yard, you'll be able to see that. And then that one hit. And it was more of a stun grenade, and so you can imagine what it was like, dust and dirt and, you know, people, total chaos. But when they realized they weren't going to get out of it alive, that's when they did the murder-suicide. Okay. Yeah. Now, yeah. We're, we're talking that the guard was shooting from the west here. Yep. And he was, he was shooting into the west into to the, distract, and then yep. the National Guard would have been in the southwest tower yep. of the courtyard yep. and and this went this this tower that that you're talking about is the second one in from the southwest again right. so yeah now, now the other thing interesting about this tower is i found during the research that when tuberculosis was a big thing here right they would house them in here oh really and some didn't make it you know and it, it was kind of like one of those things where you know if you were taken through the door Everyone knew you weren't coming back out. Right. And that was in the, in the, back in the day. But yeah, you would have gone up there and we only allow the paranormal tours where you can actually go up into the tower. Okay. And a lot of people, like they might not get anything, but then other, other people get things and they feel really sick and dizzy. Some people get like shooting pains in their head, you know, for no reason. You know, so it's all like a residual. And this is part of your, your paranormal. What's yes. that paranormal tour cost? It's $50 a person. 50 50 $50 And what you get is you get to be here all night. And then once we're done with you, as far as trying to stir everything up and make contact and everything, then we cut you loose in your own groups and you can go and explore your own at night. Really? In your, as so long you as you do free reign of the, of the prison, basically. You do. As long as you, you know, you're not allowed to go off by yourself. Because right. it is dangerous, and especially at night, because it's pitch black. There are no lights. Um, so you, you always have a buddy system, and we're always here. So, you, you know, if people need us, we're still here. But, yeah, you get to go do your own investigations. And you get to that. go to lots of places yeah. in the prison where nobody else gets to go. Normally, yes. Wow. Yes. That's what's so pretty cool. You know, 50, if you're into that type oh, of yeah. thing, 50 bucks is cheap. But even if you're not, you know, a lot of people, um, they may not be totally into the paranormal, but just being here at nighttime, uh-huh. this whole place takes on a different persona oh, completely, I'll bet it does. and it's really cool to explore it at night. It, it's just different at night. Uh huh. I would know? assume. Yeah. Oh, dear Lord. Yeah. Sorry. No, we're good. Uh, okay. Now, now we're here at a we're we're at a courtyard. Yeah, I'm doing and a podcast. What I'm seeing over here is a is a my- urinal, an outside urinal that is just kind of a big tube, or at least I'm assuming that's a urinal. No? So, yes, it, it looks is. like no. a bar urinal. No. So basically when they're out in the yard, 
you know, um, they didn't go into the cells to use the bathroom. Right. So, yes, that is a urinal, but it's right next to the drinking fountain. <laughs> well, but, but our prison toilets, a lot of the prison toilets have the drinking fountain sticking right up the backside. <laughs> I, I should not admit, I did spend a night or two in jail. Oh. And it was one of those things that uh, sitting on the pot and turning around and getting a drink out of the, fa- to f- right. the tank filler was not an experience that anybody ought to have. No, I yeah, I know. No, thanks. You can you can. No, keep that. no I, I should explain, too. This was not for any type of a real crime. Sure. They did not send me a notice to appear. And the cop arrested me for failure to appear in court. And he did it on a Friday. And I wasn't able to to get to see the judge until (laughs) Monday. uh, Yeah. And and like I said, when I went to see the judge, I said, show me the paper that you sent, because I don't think I ever got it. And I I know I never got it and I never did get it. But I did end up in jail for failure to appear on a traffic violation. So that's the kind of hardened criminal that's doing this podcast. (laughs) But uh, you think about that in the old days. Okay. you would come to prison, not jail. Right. Jail and prisons are different. You would have come to prison for a year for stealing a loaf of bread. Wow. Okay? That's and that's prison, <clears throat> not jails. That's and that tough. could be a death sentence Pretty with, much. with the way that this prison set much. up, you know, yeah. with, with the things that we're seeing. Pretty much. Yeah. Right. We're going to go. What we're going to do is I'm going to take you over to Max okay. because then we're going to come back because we're, we're going to come back in here and then down. Okay. And then, yeah. So maximum. And was this a big uh, uh, courtyard for exercising and stuff? Not or? originally. Okay. Again, uh, here we're looking at probably a 300-yard by 100-yard wide uh, grassy area. Mm-hmm. And she's going to explain what we're so doing here. Originally, all along that wall were other buildings. Okay. Okay. And this was a uh, produce yard. So they would oh. grow. They grow their own peas, lettuce, tomatoes. Oh. And it would serve the entire prison and sometimes the public outside. I mean, they had a slaughterhouse as well where they would do their own beef and stuff like that. Okay. So that's what I'm saying about totally self-sufficient in here. It paid for itself. Right. You know? Wow. And I'll bet that, that just to be out here in the sun picking weeds was much better than sitting in your cell. So they okay. probably had people just yeah. jump, chomping at the bit, so to speak. To, well, to the Warden Conley was a warden that said idle hands is the devil's work. Okay. So he believed that everybody should have a, a job. And so that's what they would do. They would put everybody to work. The prisoners here built the roads in Sealy Lake. Okay. 500 miles of roads in Montana. They built a lot of the houses in town. Um, they had the huge ranch out there that they worked with the cattle and and, okay. and whatever else they they had out there, um, yeah. So this was like its own little city. And the thing that's kind of cool about that is, I guess that bad. you would have, yeah, the mosquitoes are really bad. Uh, you would have some sort of skill maybe when you left prison to be able to actually work on the outside. Well, you think about it. Well, you look around you here, okay? Look at the construction of the cells and the wall, and all the different little. Uh, Little nooks and crannies. And designs. And, yeah. yeah. Okay. It was all done by inmates. Unskilled inmates. Good. Yeah. But it shows but you how left, proud. They were skilled. Yeah. But it, it's just that they look how proud. Right. I mean, they, they took pride in this, you know. And I always say when you look at this building, there's the, your cell house, 1912. Then you got 1931. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. Look the, at the difference. Yeah. One of them's nice brick, lots mm -hmm. of architecture and stuff. The other one's just Stucco. a concrete slab. Yeah. 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 And that, the other and, and place. And so did they quit the work parties after Conley or? Not, well, yeah. Uh, when he left in 1921, um, he took everything with him. Because the state didn't realize that he owned a lot of this stuff himself. Oh. So that was kind of like the start of the downfall. And then when the cell block was destroyed, they moved all the inmates over there into here. So now you've got overcrowding is starting. And so the prison, and it's getting older and, you know, it's not up to date. And people are complaining. And that's obviously why they have riots and stuff. Okay. To try and get the better conditions. I mean, they had they turned the original mess hall into a, a uh, like a dormitory with really? bunk beds. Yeah. So. Wow. So now what you're entering is now it's currently maximum security, but originally it was a women's prison. Oh, okay. Which is behind its own little wall. Yes, yes. We go through the the wall that surrounds the prison, and now we're coming back into a whole different area. Okay. Yep. Again, it has the wall all the way around it. It's mm -hmm. got a wooden guard tower in the corner versus the big rock ones. Yep. Uh, these walls here are concrete versus stone. Mm -hmm. And the building, again, is just basically a concrete building, it looks like. Now, when it was a women's prison, though, if you look at the architect, you'll see where the windows used to be. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. And As then a they woman's. blocked those back in for maximum right. security. So uh, in a women's prison, it was more dormitory style. So okay. it was like bed dresser, bed dresser, no cells. Okay. And the matron used to live here as well. Okay. When they finally got a female matron. But then, and, and this little shack right here is the visitors. Oh. Which is not, you know, your visits in winter were probably really short because yeah. there's no heat. Wow. There's no heat. And in here, there was no heat. Or For the women either. And, no. And it was all done by honey buckets, but it was later, um, they closed it down and then reopened it for a couple of years and they threw in a couple of uh, toilets in here. But majority of the time it was just honey buckets. Wow. So let's go in. And so when it now became in 59, it became maximum security. So they mortared everything up. Okay. So when you look. So if I was, I'll show you really quickly. Imagine with no electric, that's what oh, it was like. Wow. And yeah, it yeah. dark in here. Yeah. It, and this is what they lived in most of the time. Yep. Did they get out in the courtyard more yeah, than what the, the men did? Or? The women had their own area here. But but did they were they able to get yes. out for more than an hour a day or were yes. they pretty much stuck yeah. in here? No, no. This was like a, this particular thing for women was like the men's cell block where they could get out. And again, the, the, well, this is maximum security again. You said it was more dorm style when the women yeah. were Yeah, if you go around the corner, I'll show you kind of how it was. I'm going to, walking into those doors will hurt. And these cells for the maximum security are, are 8 by 10, I'd say, about that. <laughs> and they've all got doors in on all the cells now. Whereas before she was saying it was a little bit more open. So um, just these are just uh, artifacts to show right. you. So in the women's dormitory, it would be a bed and a dresser. But an actual bed, not a concrete yeah. slab. Yeah. So that's what it would be like, the old hospital beds. Huh. You know? And then you'd have your little um, uh, jug and bowl to right, wash to in wash. and everything. So it was a little more. Um, a dry sink, I think they call them. 
Is that yeah, not right? I, don't, I can't remember. Oh, I, I do know it's bedpan. Right. Yeah, yeah, one of those. <laughs> so then when they turned it into maximum security, that's what they did. They made them into cells. Okay. Okay. And with the cells, you'll see, so this, this particular cell had no plumbing. So this is what it would be like. Okay. And so they would have these doors on here and they would shut you in. And if you were noisy or you're not behaving in that, then they would shut this door. Oh, so it's when got you double shut, doors. So when you shut, so you can see how dark it is there now. Oh yeah. Yeah, we're talking we're talking a bar door like what you normally see on a on a prison door. And then there's this other heavy is this wood, wood or is it's it, a wood door? It's a solid wood but door. It muffles. It and muffles it's just got the little trap door for shoving food through there. There is no light in these cells whatsoever. And when they closed that big door, it would be dark. So yes. I, I'm assuming you were only noisy once. Yeah. I don't know. Well, if I'm it were sure me, <laughs> I'd only be noisy once. Because yeah. <laughs> I would not want to have. But were, was there lights in here when it was maximum security, no. like in the lobby? No. So it was, Too it later, was dark. Too late, way later. Then, yeah. And you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. I, I've read different things that they say that just being in the dark like that can drive a person absolutely, absolutely nuts. Yeah, it can. Be, and, yeah. Well, so what you're looking at, the, you know, some of the information in here when you're in here is some of the females, how, how the females started, and then all the way down to present day where, where the uh, female prison is in Billings, Montana now. Oh, okay. I know where that's okay. at. Yes. So they basically were in here first. Then when they had to turn it into maximum security, they took them across the street and put them in the warden's garage. Then they moved them over into the Powell County Museum basement or at top. And then they went to Warm Springs. And then finally to Billings. Wow. Yeah, so they were transferred. So they kind of moved them all over the place. Right. The warden's garage. Yeah. His house is across the street. And, and, the and street. how big of a garage was it? It was upstairs. Upstairs in there. It's pretty big. Huh. Pretty big. But yeah, I was right. It's Kyle the cat. Kyle the cat. Yeah. Yep. So. You, were, you, you got your name yeah. right. And then, of course, the guards, you know, the guards themselves were pretty much prisoners, as oh, you yeah. can see, you know. Yeah, the guard, the guard station here is all pretty behind much like bars. a prison it's, it's a 10 by 10 room maybe right yeah so they had punishment cells in here besides these cells oh this, this wasn't enough punishment yeah no not for okay. some oh, all these people opening these doors here so they would take you down to the back okay and then they had these two cells and the, the beds are not supposed to be in there Okay, but these are called slide bar cells. Okay. So for anybody who was like trying to commit suicide or was just totally unruly, they would bring them in here and you'd be handcuffed to the uh, side slide bar. And, and this and, slide bar that she's talking about is a bar that's about six foot long and put on an angle starting at about uh, five foot high and going down to about two foot you off could, the ground. You could stand up, you could sit, it would be hard laying down. But you'd be and you were handcuffed there. the whole time. Yeah. And handcuffs don't feel good. Mm-mm. No, and they <clears throat> don't forget they probably were the heavy iron ones. Right. In comparison to di- to today's one. Wow. So there's two of those types of cells, and then if that wasn't enough, you would then be put into the black box. Oh. So uh, there would have been a door on here, but it's basically a concrete room, and that's it. Basically a concrete room. No, this is definitely a concrete room. (laughs) 
There is no basically about this other than there is not a single thing in there. You would have a, a wool blanket, your underwear, and a honey bucket. That's it. And, and the door here was bar, but then they welded a solid steel plate that's about a quarter inch thick with a great big hole in it. That would have been it must covered. Be like two inches wide by six inches long. That's that would have had a, a, a door slapped on here, so oh, they would you know so they, they could make it completely it. dark in here. Oh yeah, there talk was about, no lights in here. Talk in about one. driving a person from crazy to insane. You'd be put in here for ten days. You would be bread and water three days of three times a day. Uh, every third day you would be given a kind of a hot meal. After 10 days, they would bring you out. They would look at you physically. If you were okay, they could throw you back in there. Mentally, they didn't care because that was the whole point. The whole point is to break your spirit, right. which it did. Oh, I'm it sure did. it did. Because within one day, you have no concept of what time, day or day, night, you know, you have how many hours you've been in there. You'd lost it completely. Yeah. Wow. And, and how much bread did you get and how much water did you get? Just enough probably, to sustain you? Or? Yeah, I probably would say it would be a cup of water and maybe a slice or like a chunk because in the old days right. it would be like chunk bread. A cup of water and a chunk of bread. Yeah. A cup of water and a chunk. So you were only getting three cups of water a day? It's prison. It's not a hotel. <laughs> no, I, I understand, but, but dehydration is, is definitely an issue. Of, in the old days, you know... Water. You got to remember, in the old days, um, prisons were run differently to what they are now. Right. Well, yeah. Okay. Definitely. When you came through through the prison door into prison, your life as you knew it stopped. Right. You didn't know what you were. You didn't know what was going to happen to you, and there were really no a lot of rules and regulations like they were today. You know, you look at a guard the wrong way. Had no human rights. That's right. You didn't have, um, no, you had nothing. You had no rights. You literally lost your rights when you came to prison. But saying that, there wasn't too many repeat offenders. Oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that they didn't want to come back. No. But they learned, you know, in the, in the early days, they learned a skill. You know, they, even, the, even the females, the matrons, you know, taught them how to sew, how to cook, how to clean which they didn't have on the outside. Right. So it was good, you know, and, and they learned something. So it was, a, it was a prison. It was, I'm sure. Well, and, and life was tougher back then, yeah, too. I mean, was. you know, you didn't have electricity, so you didn't expect electricity nope. when you came here. Nope. But. You had the, you know, like the wool shirts and stuff. Right. Um, but people were a lot hardier in those days. Oh, like definitely. Like I said. And they, what about, what about, uh, temperature did these places get oh. these cells get unbearably hot in the summer when it's 100 degrees out yep and being very concrete, cold i thought i thought being concrete maybe they they'd stay cooler but. they do sometimes but when they did put heat in all the heat would rise it to the top so the people on the top were like boiling hot and the people on the bottom were freezing cold wow so there was no you know because it was all steam no, pipes. no insulation and yeah. that type of stuff too yes yeah no, like I said, it wasn't made for luxury. <laughs> so now you're entering the 1912 cell house. And we're coming through a door that's a solid steel door, again, quarter-inch steel. And it's got a really neat bar set up that's rounded. 
with several bars on it. This mm -hmm. must have been, it's got a trap door on the backside. Yep. So when you would, when you would come in, this obviously would be closed and the guard would be here and, you know, you'd have to identify yourself. Oh, to come wow. through. Okay. Yep. So now we're, so now we're in the cell block. 200 cells. 200 cells in this one? No, 200 cells in, in the entire, in the entire cell block. So you have to remember, it used to be one man to a cell. Okay. Then it became two men to a cell. So overcrowding. And, the, and this is probably, oh, 75 yards long, I would say. And, I don't and know the exact four stories high. There's there's one, two, three. There's four tiers. Is there is there cells on the very top? I can't. The, no, the very top. You, the guards could stand up there. Okay. So every, okay. So you've got three tiers of, yep. of cells. And basically, you would have, like I said, two. They put these are the beds that they would sleep in. And these are these are steel uh beds mm -hmm. attached to the attached wall attached to the wall you've got bunk bed style mm -hmm. upper and lower you got a little porcelain sink a little porcelain stool and yep. a little cabinet it looks yep. like and do all of them have the little cabinets they or? would have when it was operational it, they would have and the fact is it, it's it's all metal um and like i said when you look at the size imagine two men stuck in there 23 hours a day. No, I don't think they were in here unless you had an infraction. And when I say infraction, if you notice, there's a white. Right. Okay. There's a white so, stripe on the bar door. Yeah. So if you were shaving, you would have to put your razor on the here before you'd be let out. Okay. If you didn't, you weren't let out. It's the same as um, <clears throat> uh, if you were clean shaven. If you weren't clean shaven and you were going to mess, the hall to go eat and you weren't clean shaven, you'd be sent back and you'd be given a sandwich. Really? Now, originally when this was open, it was the, um, uh, I can't think what it's called, silent system, Aubrey system, I think it's called, where it's completely no talking. Really? Yeah, just like it was in Alcatraz. Yeah. And so you couldn't talk in these cells? No, nope, they weren't allowed to talk. It was all silent system. And how long did that go on for? Um, I must have gone on for a while. And then, obviously, when it started getting overcrowded, it was a hard thing to enforce. But they had wow. to keep the noise level very, very... Well, yeah, this you know. is just us talking here is very right. ringy. So if you were carrying on a conversation, there was no private conversation. And up behind you is the catwalk where it goes all the way around the inside. Okay. And that's where the guards would watch everything. They'd walk. I know, right? Wow. Yeah. yeah, and the guard the guards are walking up there probably twelve feet high is where that catwalk goes all the way. Well the catwalk goes on this way. side. No, it goes all the all way, way around. around. Okay. All the way around. Um yeah, and, and it's kind of like a I mean, imagine four hundred men in here. Oh, I can't even imagine four hundred no. men in here. And so in the wintertime the ones on the lower level would have a, a blanket. They were allowed to put a blanket down here uh -huh. to stop the cold from coming through. Now, the other well, thing that it had to have stunk in here. I mean, all of them are defecating and yes. BO. And, and you didn't get to shower every day. Yeah. So, uh, this place had to have just reeked. Um, behind you is a display. And <clears throat> it is a, it's so strange because uh, schools were being taught this here last year and this year. Um, sedition. The speaking against your government. Uh-huh. So what you see here is 41 people. And all of them but one are men. 
Uh-huh. And they were these guys were actually in here. For in sedition. Here for sedition. And what, and what was considered speaking against your government? So, um, First World War, <clears throat> a lot of the immigrants in that were against fighting against their mother countries. Okay, okay. okay? But they didn't agree with the government. And so what you see here, yeah, these large pieces of writing, uh-huh. those are actual, actually from their sentencing documents. Okay, this is what got they one said. Here, we've got one here that says, I would sooner fight for the Kaiser than I would for the United States. Uh, F the United States and F the flag. I mean it. Yeah. And, and for that, that so he was in prison. <clears throat> for that, he was in prison two to four years. And this man's name was Pete Everett. Ervick. Ervick. Yeah. Pete Ervick. Yep. Yeah, let's go to another one. Lack of specificity would have been grounds for successful appeal. Saint, see Peter Wolf's case in Beaverhead County. And he's down there. So a lot of them tried to fight it. So actually how it started was with this guy. Okay. And he is in Butte. He's buried in Butte. And he's, he's um, um, Frank a union. Little. Yeah. Okay. So he, he spoke against... Um, all the hardships in, in the mining companies and everything. Um, and he tried to rally people together, okay? And he spoke against the government. Well, the socialist, he, I've been to the museum there in Butte, and they have a, a building that is set up for the socialist party right. of whatever. And so yeah. that must have been where he was, where he was yep. at? Okay. But he actually didn't come from Montana. He came from another state, okay? Right. But he came in here. He really did try. He was in a um, boarding house. And they, they ran in. These people were never caught. They grabbed him out of the boarding house in his underwear. They tied him to the back of a car, dragged him through the cobblestones of streets in Butte Ooh. when it was. Then they hanged him on the trestle bridge just outside of Butte. And this note was pinned to his thigh. Others take notice. First and last warning. 3777. That's actually the uh, Highway Patrol logo now. But it's, what it basically is, is you speak against anybody, like the Anaconda Mining Company and stuff like that, this is what's going to happen to you. And then as it goes on, you can see people, <clears throat> people were sending these out, and, and these were posted in, in uh, newspapers, you know. And Watch says, out. don't talk. Yeah, the don't web talk. is spinning for you. The web. Yeah. Hey, we got a web now. Right. Is spinning is spit, spun for you with invisible threads. Keep out of it. Help to destroy it. Stop. Think. Ask yourself if what you are, were about to say might help the enemy. Mm-hmm. Spies are listening. And that's within the newspapers within our, in the United States. Wow. Well, see, so, now we just did a, a podcast at the Heart Mountain Relocation Camp mm-hmm. in uh, Powell, Wyoming, mm-hmm. which is where they rounded up all the, ja- well, not all, a lot of the Japanese off of right. the West Coast and sent them to the internment camp. camp. And it's a very interesting uh, podcast also. If you get a chance, maybe maybe take a listen to that one. Yeah. But, but all of these, all I mean, when you, happened. you know, when you go, I, I think the saddest one, the saddest one, um, is this guy? Okay, and where's he is the, the only he's the only one that actually kept a diary of every day that he was in here, I, and his family has the, his, the diary. But he was a hardworking man, and he really wasn't like he was just speaking his mind. You right. know, his name is Herman 
Bosch. Bosch. And um, he was put in prison. And his, Four to eight years. Yeah. His, um, his young son, his pride and joy, got sick and died. And the family requested um, to let him out to come to the funeral. And they would even pay for the guard to be with him. The warden said no. Um, that the time his little son was being buried, they were making him di- uh, dig a six-foot ditch. Really? And and what did he do that was so bad? Let's see. He said, I do not care anything about the red, white, and blue. I won't do anything voluntarily to aid this war. I don't care who wins this war. I would rather see Germany win than England or France. I am not prepared to say whether or not Germany is in the right. We should never have entered this war. And this war should be stopped immediately and peace declared. We should stop sending ships with supplies and ammunition to our soldiers. As far as I'm concerned, I do not care if the third liberty loan is a success or failure. So basically what he's saying is the United States should not be involved right. in World War II. Right. Or World War One. Or World War One. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because this is 1918. And it, basically and, what they're saying <clears throat> is the fat cats were getting richer off yeah. the poor man's backs. Yes. That's what it was. That does not seem seditious to no, me at I know, all. No, I know, but... One little comment against the government would have you ended up in prison, and you would have ended up in here in this in this prison. And we're talking four to eight years. Yeah, this particular guy, or should I say, this one here, this is a husband and wife team. Oh, okay. <laughs> and ironically enough, she was a postmistress. Okay. <laughs> and then this we're talking about W. K. Smith and Janet Smith. Yep. And they were both sentenced in Custer County, 10 to 20 years for him, 5 to 10 years for her. And this is 1918 again. Yep. And what, which one said the better thing? Uh, she the nastier advoca- thing. The nastier <laughs> thing. Okay. She, this is her. She advocated turning the stock into the crops to prevent helping the government and killing all the cripples, insane and convicts, in order to save food instead of making all the food restrictions. That the Red Cross was a fake, and while she didn't mind helping the Belgians with the relief work, the trouble was the damn soldiers would get it. So basically what she was saying is all the livestock, just let them loose. Sorry, there's people right. in here. Um, they're, they're, um, all the livestock, turn it into the crops, let the livestock eat it. They just didn't, you know, basically they didn't believe in helping the soldiers. Wow. So, yeah, simple thing. But the end story to all that is in 2006, Governor Schweitzer, Brian Schweitzer, posthumously pardoned every one of these. Well, good. Did he give them their four to eight years back? No, they were all dead by then. (laughs) But the families themselves turned up. They turned up for the ceremony. It was a huge ceremony in in Helena. Um, Yeah, so... um, they should never have been put in prison. Right. It was basically a violation of the First Amendment. Well, yeah, speaking yeah. their mind. And, yep. and, you know, I guess that we take that for granted nowadays, too. Not that I'm yeah. in favor of the protest stuff that's going on right no, now. No, no. By any stretch of the imagination. There's no reason people should be doing violence. And, but here's and the funny thing. Stuff. But I'm all for civil disobedience. Rosa Parks has always been one of my heroes. Right. 
But do you see what I mean? And, you know, it, I mean, if those laws were still on the books now. Right. Oh. The outside, outside prisons would become prisons and all those people that didn't commit crimes would be inside the prison. Right. Because there wouldn't be enough room. Yeah. So, okay, during the 59 riot, uh, third tier, last two cells, that's where they took the hostages, about 22 of them, and they put 11 in each cell, and they were held for 36 hours. Ooh, 11 in each cell. Right. They weren't sleeping much. Nope. They and were all standing the, because there's not room for a person to nope. lay down if there's 11 And some of them there. were injured, you know, but the lieutenant that was captured... Um, he, he basically said, and I'm, I'm, I'm just going on what I was told. Right. Obviously, I wasn't there. But uh, he basically was afraid that if they did do a rescue and all the bullets would come flying, that they would be killed. So he put the mattresses up against the cell doors. When they peeked out 24 hours later, the convicts had put gasoline tanks right outside. And so basically what they were going to do was they were going to burn uh, hang the hostages in the windows on the other side so the uh -huh. public could see it and burn them alive. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And those what matches. Are, what, are, what are these funnels at the end of these runs? Uh, water trough. Water trough? Yeah. It's basically, if you can see, um, it's just basically letting the water, if they come out to get fresh water. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And as you can see, this particular area here was the original showers. Okay. Only three heads. So you basically soaked up or got wet, soaped up, rinsed off. Okay. And, and, and we've got a drain that's kind of got a little bit of a divot uh, going down into this area that's probably, what, 20 foot long mm -hmm. with three shower heads. So, mm -hmm. and, and so they just kind of ran them through fast because right. you got you got three shower heads to take care of 200 men. 400. Well, 400. Yeah. And that's when overcrowding, obviously, you know. Right. So uh, as you come around the corner on the east side and you're going to look up, you will see two figures standing on one side and one figure standing on the other. Okay. In that exact spot right there is when it's the first few seconds of the 59 riot. Okay. This is how it happened. So what happened was the guy that's holding the kind of flame. Right. And then you got the other guy holding the fuel. Oh, fuel. Yeah. Okay. So basically the way it works is the... The shorter mannequin there was Jerry Miles. The taller one was Lee Smart. Okay. And they had that fuel he had tossed on the guard. Okay. Covered him in fuel, and then they threatened to set him alight if they didn't hand over the keys. You see the keys hanging? Uh-huh. Okay. So then another inmate, he ran down there. He jumped over across. He like monkey bars uh -huh. across there, ran up here, grabbed the keys, went down, got the weapons, and the riot was on. Oh, boy. So this is like the, literally the first few seconds of the riot. Okay. And yeah. this right here is where it, start, oh, where yep. it all started. Right, right, right here. there. Right there. Right there. Wow. We researched the cells that they were in. Yeah. Good morning. How are you guys? And as you can see how it was when it was just one person's cell. Right. You, they have they've taken down the upper... Um, upper bunk and that was in 1960s you said is when they started double uh, uh no 50 or well, 59 when, 59 when the when yeah when the okay the earthquake happened and they had to throw and what them. was smart in for you said that murder he was in for murder smart so was he in didn't for, care no he was um 
you know, if you look into his eyes on his picture, you can see. You can see that he was a man that was troubled so uh-huh. bad. But he was only, you said, 19. He was 19. Wow. Yeah, 19 okay. years old. And then, um, like Lee Smart, he, sp- he was a career criminal. He he all his life. You, you said smart. Kid. Smart was a kid one. The kid, yeah. and then sorry, Jerry Miles. Miles, I yeah, couldn't I remember his last. <laughs> yeah, no, we're we're all good. I'm just yeah. trying to. It's Jerry Miles and Lee Smart. Right. Okay. So so Miles was just a petty criminal. You yeah, say. and but he was a career criminal. He was always but, in and out of uh, facilities, juvenile facilities, all the way into prison. He must have really been troubled to to have wanted to be at Alcatraz and, and places like this and, and not reforming his ways and here still getting the, to come back. Well, here, he was the con boss. He was the head here. Oh, really? Yeah. And he was a he was short little fat guy, but he was intimidating to a lot of people, apparently. Huh. Mm, Me- not, not quite mentally stable. Yeah, and, no. and here we got a... We got a prisoner hanging out in this cell. Now he's not clean shaven, so that means he's eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every day. <laughs> Probably. Poor guy. That's uh, um, what do we call him? We call him Joe. He scares the living bejeebas out of everybody at nighttime. I'll tell you that. I'll bet he does. But he's he's wearing his his prison stripes and a yep. pair of boots and and just sitting there looking out the the cell door. Right. And then we have the famous number one cell. Okay. Cell number one. It housed Turkey Pete. Uh, his real name was Paul Eitner. He, um, you can see it, the paintings of him. He's a young man and an old man. Uh, he was in here for murdering one person in Miles City. Uh, and he spent most of, well, all of his life in really? here. Over the years, he became the turkey caretaker um, of the prison flock. And he actually <laughs> sold it to a, a passerby, brought him back inside, and then over the years he developed dementia. Mm. And this cell was then disconnected, and he was able to come and go and go wherever he wanted. Everybody loved him. He thought he owned the prison. He, they even made checks up for him, and uh, they, he used to write checks for the pay for uh-huh. the guards, and if a family was in trouble, if he found out what of the inmate found, he'd write him a check. But there's no money; it right. was all thing. Uh, the book, that book is phenomenal. I oh. read that book in one afternoon. Really, the it, life and legend of Turkey Pete, yes. the incredible story of Paul G. Eitner. Paul Eitner, yeah, yeah, and it's written by Jim Blodgett Blod- and J- right. Joy Morris. Jim Blodgett was a deputy warden here. Okay. He was also a pallbearer at his funeral. Okay. This inmate was the only inmate ever to have a burial inside the prison, full service, paid for by the state. And he's the only one that has a beautiful headstone up in the cemetery. Really? Joy Morris is the niece-in-law of Turkey Pete. Okay. And, and how, what, what age was he when he came in? Uh, see, he came in in like 1916. He was 49, 47 when he died. Oh, and okay. in those days, that was a long right, period of right. time. Yeah. 40, no, 47 oh. when he came in. I'm sorry. 47 when he came in and he was 89. Okay. Something like that. So he was in here for 40 years. Yeah, basically. Wow. Yeah. But he, th- that book right there, phenomenal okay, book. Okay. So now I got two books. You got two books. And I, I'm serious because... It will give you an understanding of what it was like to be an immigrant 
in, in Montana to commit a crime during the time when Germans and Austrians and that were so hated, okay? And what his life and his thoughts from the train dropping him off in prison to him walking through these doors. And everything is his wow. life. And it is phenomenal. I will okay. tell you that's phenomenal. Okay, I'm buying a couple books. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to do a thing at the same time here. <laughs> uh, okay, so then, you know, this is the, uh, we have the law enforcement memorial. It's no longer the museum. Uh, that's just for, it's more private uh, okay. for fallen officers of Montana. Okay. Okay, uh, and not only police, sheriff, but correctional officers, um, fish and wildlife, deputy wardens, wardens. Okay. And that's right here inside. Yeah, there, it's inside, inside the, the prison. prison. I don't know what is going on with all these doors. The the paranormal. Yeah, uh, right. Has, has oh, we do. We do. Lots of it in here. <laughs> all right. So remember, I said that a lot of the buildings and rooms were redesigned and changed. So what we're walking in here was originally was the bakery. Oh, okay. Okay. And then they changed it to a chapel and then the classroom. You'll notice gun ports in the wall with jagged edges. That is the tunnel. Okay. okay. And that's where the guards could come in without being near the prisoners. And they would put their rifles through there and make sure everybody was paying attention. And this yeah. room this room is, is probably 20 by 35, 40 mm -hmm. foot long. And it's just got benches. It's got, you can see the, the cross up at the front along yep. with a the altar. pulpit altar, whatever you want to yep. call it. And there is a hole in the wall that has jagged steel yep. on it. Right. And where does this tunnel go to? It just comes in from the outside. No, so they it goes can all the way around the prison. All the way around. But the... for our purposes, we have closed off this end and that end because okay. it is dangerous. Okay. You don't want people to come. You and know. So, so do most of the rooms down here have these holes in the walls for the guards to look through? It, they're all on this side. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> did the guards have to, is this at like uh, chest height? So yeah, that they can look wait, in? When we go through, I go, well, I'll take you in there. Okay. You'll be That's able cool. to actually see it. Okay. Because we're almost through here. So. Okay. And then across the road or across the hallway, this used to be the original kitchen. Oh, okay. okay. And then they turned it into showers. And there's a lot of showers in here. This is much better than the yeah. shower facility at the end of the hall. However, the shower stalls are really tall and you can't see what's going on. So you see the box up in the corner? Right. So a guard had to enter from the tunnel, climb up a ladder, crawl through, sit in the box and watch everybody shower. I was going to say, he could only sit in the box because... Yeah. Not a duty I would have wanted. There's not any room up there. To, mm -hmm. That box is only... Yep. Three and a half, four feet tall. Yep. Wow. Yep. And then <laughs> from the um, <clears throat> cell block, you would have been taken in to the hall. The foundation cut through the wall so that the public could see what it was like. This is the hole. This is uh, where you got put. And it would have been pitch black. Okay. Did I just lose my glasses? No, I lost mine. What do they do with mine? Oh, I don't know. They're uh -oh. in your hands. Oh. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> got... That's the way I lose stuff. I walk around looking for my phone while I'm talking on it. Oh, <laughs> All right. Now you don't, don't feel worry. stupid. All of this stuff, 
my, my editor loves these things, okay. so he leaves my bloopers in there just for just for the heck okay. of it. So. Anyway. Oh, good, man. So, Here so I've been be, raining back on stuff. We will, we, will be, we will be live the way we are. Okay. So this is, this is the, what they call the hole. Um, and so you would have been brought down those stairs. Now, you have to remember all of this was pitch black. Uh-huh. Okay, there was no lights in here, nothing. Again. Wow. And um, you'd, once again, you'd be put in here. Um, again, we've got, a, we've got a big steel door, again, with quarter-inch plate, it looks like, and there is only a two-inch hole with, with, with wire mesh that's, that's a heavy, heavy wire mesh, and that's all you've got. It's completely dark down here. And it will always be when you're down here. Wow. Yeah. And then you're, just, you're stuck in here again for 10 days, yep. bread and water. Yep. Now, here's what I do. They joke to people when I'm on the paranormal tour, you know, because I, I don't, you know, I don't know if it's true or not, but it just makes it interesting. Right. And I do it in the daytime, too, just to get a giggle out of people. Okay. So when you were down here, you weren't really alone ever. Okay. Because if you died in prison, the funeral homes, obviously, they can't get you right away. So they would put you in that room right there. And that looks like a big refrigerator right. door. <laughs> It looks like a great big refrigerator door. That, yeah, that's, uh, why, I, that's, that's why I said so. You were never really truly alone in here. Right. Is that real? What, what, what did they really have? It's a, it, is a, it is a cold storage room because this door, I mean, this is, right. you know, and I'm not really sure what they use. I, I don't know if they used it to keep food or anything in there, but it's far more interesting when they say they put the dead in there. Oh, right? yeah. No, they, I, they very knows. well could have. Never been in here. One day I'd really like to go in here, but it's always stayed locked for some reason. Huh. Yeah, that's where they keep the paranormals until they let I them know. out at night. <laughs> and then you've got other cells. Um, there's a little bit of bathroom down there uh, when they did eventually put bathrooms in here. But um, Yeah, see, the sink at the top of the toilet, just like what we talked before. <laughs> a little drinking spout. You don't okay. believe me? I know, I know. <laughs> Been there, done that. I always confess. But this was a very horrible place. I'll tell you that much. This was not a place that you wanted to. So they to only come. had the one nope. cell down here in the hall. This one, that end one where the toilet is. There's okay. another one on that side, and there's two more here. Okay. And so did they have a guard that came down every no, day just, and emptied the honey pot? Or no, what? no, no, no. You just the end, but basically they would just let you sit in there. And then an inmate would come down eventually and empty it. Fire hose it all out. Nope. They would have to clean it with the hands. Wow. And then it was reported that an inmate did hang himself in this cell um, by using the pipe right. and the concrete step. And a lot of people go, well, how can you hang yourself from that height? You, you can. Oh, you're going to have your feet off. You can just curl your legs up. It's, would, a, so. it's pretty much like positional asphyxiation. So you go down. And you're kind of like that. Yeah. Wow. So this place can be um, very active. I would assume. Or very peaceful. It's really? funny. It's, it's really weird. Some people have that they just want to go to sleep when they're down here. Really? Yeah. And then other people, they just can't handle it. See, so I'm, not, I'm not one that's, that's uh, in tune to the paranormal at all. Well, it's because your mind's not open. You have a closed mind. No, I believe that it exists. Yeah, I do have a closed mind, but that's neither here nor there. But, you know, it's just one of those things that... Uh... Okay, so it's daytime. 
If you came back at night, you might have a little different aspect. I might have to come up with 50 bucks. But they could be here during the day, too. Yeah, they are. They are. Definitely. I can tell you that right now. She's a lot more in tune to that stuff. I can feel things right now. I'm not touching on that. You know what I mean? It's like, I just uh, try not to. Yeah. Although I did feel a little bit, um, uh, where was it? East Siberia? Today? Yeah. I had to shake that one off. <laughs> that wasn't very nice. So, but, all right, so now, as you can see, how it used right. to be bakery and that. So this area, so imagine this area from that wall to that wall without this particular area here. Okay. And without the black curtain behind the little theater that was put in after the prison closed for the public in Deer Lodge because the theater burnt down. Okay. So imagine all of that gone, all the way down, and it would look similar to those stairs okay. that would go into that other cell house. This was the mess hall. Okay. And this mess hall then would probably be uh, 150 feet long and probably all the way across. 50, 60 feet wide. So it, yeah. was, it was a big mess hall. Yeah. And in here, uh, you all face the same way. Oh, okay. when you were eating? Mm-hmm. So that kind of cut down on the talking, okay? And then <clears throat> the rule that um, Deputy Rothy or Deputy Warden Rothy had was uh, eat what you want or take what you want, eat what you take. And if you didn't, that could get you in the hole. That could get you in the hole. Yeah, so here, take all you want, eat all you take. Take all you want. That was the number take. one rule. Or else you go to the hole. You could if you wasted food. I'll bet you didn't waste it when you came back out after eating bread and water for 10 days. No, but you know what? Originally, the, the um, food in here was phenomenal because it was all homegrown. Right, yeah. Until they started going to process stuff when they huh. cut it all down. But then in the 50s, late, late 50s, 60s, this all turned into dormitories. So it oh. would look like... Oh, so there's the mess hall. And where's, oh, here. So. Okay, so, the, so, so it was just it's like, almost a, like an army barracks. Like an army barracks, yeah, yep. with bunk beds and yep. stuff. So you can see this wall here. So this was um, these windows. Right. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so these must have been some of the lower risk uh, inmates that they had in the dormitories? They had like a, it was a close and then a medium two, a medium three, medium one, and then a minimum. Okay. Those were your status uh, levels. Um, yeah. Wow. But being overpopulated, it's hard, you know, to, to separate when you don't right. have the room. Yeah. You know, and then you well, have... Then where did the mess hall go after this? They built, right, remember how I said when we were looking at that picture in the admin right. building? There was another metal hut on the other side okay, of the Okay, okay, yep. That was the mess hall. Okay. Yeah. So then we, this then was the arts. This was like an arts room where okay. they could make things. And it was Leather also the... And yeah. And it was also the TV room. And yeah, and we got, we got a great big TV. This, is, this thing is a whole 12-inch uh, by 12-inch screen. Black and white. Black and white, and I'll bet it didn't even have a remote control. I bet somebody had to go up and actually turn the channels. Yep. Like when we were kids. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's got an antenna on top. No Wi-Fi or cable, yep. or and so you had what six channels? 
Yeah, I don't know. Maybe less than that. Maybe less than four. that. But I, I do know that you only watched what the guards wanted to watch. You oh, really? You didn't have the choice. Yeah. So, so black and white or color? Black and white. Only black and white. Only black and white. Okay. So let's watch the reruns of Beverly Hillbillies and Gilligan's Island. <laughs> yeah, right? So then you see this is the tunnel. Oh, okay. So basically... Wow. Remember that tower that I told you that they brought the inmates through into prison? Right. Okay. There was a metal door inside there, and the guards could come down here. Okay. So in the 59 riot, this is how the guards came in. Um, the prisoners, this is the only area the inmates didn't get hold of during okay. that riot. And this is where they found out what was going on because there was an inmate who uh, made a sandwich in the kitchen, right? put a note inside it, handed it to one of the guards in here. And when he opened it up, it showed, it said where they were keeping the hostages and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But it, they I could, hope they, he never got caught. Uh, who knows? I they should have turned him loose when things right? were over with just for his own protection. Yeah. But this kind of goes where the guards can get up into the towers in the um, cell blocks without being okay. with the inmates and stuff. So it went all through the prison. Underneath, because wow. you are now right underground. You're not in it. There's no building above you. Okay. This is solid That's, concrete. Okay. And the outside. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we're and, and these tunnels are about three and a half feet wide, maybe yep. maybe four feet wide, and they are they're comfortable in here. I mean, it's it's it, it, the height on it is is eight foot. And... When you say you're comfortable, come back here at nighttime, <laughs> and I will show you. Oh, yeah. It's dark. <laughs> it's definitely dark. And this actually is not dark. It, I mean, it gets a lot darker in here. And some people have bad reactions in here. But, but um, as far as my, my term comfortable, it's not like it's it's closed-in claustrophobic. No. Uh, it, it, it's not yeah. uneasy. It's not dingy, dirty. Nope. But it's, it's definitely not light. It's just concrete walls. It's a, yep. It's a tunnel. And this is what I was picturing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> we're, we're looking at a theater room uh, through from the tunnel side where we have our door that's uh, three foot by it's a gun port. 10 inches. It's a gun port. Yep. And as you come by here and turn and look, you see somebody <laughs> staring at you. have no idea who he is, but his hair is kind of frazzled. And uh, so am I. Uh, anyway, but yeah, I, I put this up here for, and I had totally forgotten about it. Um, until I started hearing people (laughs) screaming in the daytime and then I suddenly remembered, (laughs) but at nighttime, here's the funny thing at nighttime. And this is going to, this is going to be loud. Yeah, no, that's fine. (laughs) So this would be up here. Okay. Uh And then I would tell people standing in here, I said, Oh, you know, can you do me a favor? Can you open up the gun port and let some air through here? And they would pull this down standing right at it. And see that? <laughs> Scream. Oh, oh my God. And, and the gun port does have a cover on it. Yeah, it's uh, very of course, heavy. It is very heavy. It's Again, it's steel. But when the guards pulled that down and they were sitting in church, I'm sure that everybody knew that yep. the guards were oh, looking. Good. Yep. And here, if you, I mean, even though they're not sharp now, they're, they're still damaged, but these were razor sharp. Yeah, they look like uh, like saw like the cutter blades for farm equipment. Right, and so if a, an inmate tried to grab the gun, all he had to do was to it, and it would literally impale his hand. Wow. Yeah, 
Yeah. And so this theater that you see in here, like I said, this is a theater that was put up after the prison closed uh, for the public when the local theater burnt. And it was a way for the community to have somewhere to come and, and watch the And do they still film. use it? Very rarely now. Was it used while there were prisoners here? No, or? this was all this mess, was all mess hall. Yeah, okay. this was closed. The theater that the prisoners had is the last building we're going to go to. Okay. But yeah, so this is the tunnel. No, this is, um, this, this, that is a barber's chair, original barber's chair. But this is where they would, arts, crafts, television. The barber, actually the barber shop was in the cell house. Oh. Actually in the cell house. So, and they would have it, you know, chained off and you'd come in and you'd sit have your hair done. All right. And so we're going to walk out. Watch your head when you go up. Okay. Don't whack it. And we're almost at the end of the prison. It took longer than I thought it would. <sighs> but it's been extremely interesting. <laughs> and we're only really touching on things. Right. You know, I mean. Well, okay. and there again, that's kind of what this podcast is. I'm wanting yeah. people to hear what's going on. Get yep. some of the history yep. and cover some of that, which we've done very, very well. And I'm hoping that they will stop by and actually... Oh, you have to come. If, you, if you're anywhere near this place, come in and it's got its hidden treasures in this museum. The cars in the museum, they are a hidden treasure because people just don't realize how many, how can that many cars be put in that small an area right and you've got some really nice ones if i yeah. remember right I'm, I'm excited to go to the car uh, part yep. of the museum and i'm going to hand you over if i'm hoping he's still there <laughs> so the last building that you see here is the theater this is one if not the only prison that had its own actual theater inside the walls okay <laughs> it's built by the inmates the money was donated by william clark from butte okay for all the stuff that the inmates had done in the community. Okay. Building the walls building and Building roads stuff, okay? and, and houses and all. Yeah. <clears throat> Inside, it had seats, uh, luxury seats. It had balcony. Um, they would have a big bass, brass band. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, they would have uh, boxing matches in here. Really? Uh, the governor would come. Dignitaries from around would come. Public would come. They had movies in here, just and shows. Now they, and, and now shows. they just brought the inmates in here? Or? Yep. Okay. Yep. And so, <clears throat> yeah, this was accessible to the whole entire inmate population. Did they do community events in here also or yeah. just inmate stuff? Um, I think they did some shows and the public was allowed to attend. They'd okay. come in here. Now, I'm just standing here because in 1975, the bandmaster was beaten. And they never found out who did it. Three months later, a guard was in here and smelt it smoldering. And they had set it on fire. And it destroyed everything. Who set it on fire? They, have, they, had, they don't know that inmates, they believe. But they don't have, even to this day, have not solved that as to who did it. Wow. And it smoldered for two hours before they realized. And by that time, it was too late. And when you go on the exit, you'll see the fire hoses. That was all they had in those days to put it out. It completely gutted this place. Oh. So sad. But like I said, uh, the curator, she's doing a great job on working on a grant 
to restore with the roof, the walls, the outside facade, everything. Now, uh, it's, it's, we don't open it up to the public in the daytime. We do at nighttime as long as it's not raining because it leaks and there's pigeons in there. And when you mix the two together, right. it's not a pleasant uh, fall if you fall down. It holds the galloping gallows. Oh, okay. The ones that traveled from county yep. to county. Wow, that's too bad that it caught fire. Or yeah. that it was arson. And you can see, if you look closely, you can still see where it's all burnt. You know, the burnt timbers. Right. And if you look, see, they had stairs going up either side. But now there's nothing because it used to be a balcony and everything. Uh -huh. Now it's just a sheer drop. So if you really look, you can see. Oh, wow. Yeah, right. if you look through the screen, you can see oh, the staircases. Yeah. They were really ornate. It was beautiful. Now, did prisoners build this also? Yes, they did. The prisoners built this. And there was a huge hand-painted wow. uh, backdrop on the stage of the Last Supper. So when you go back into the visitor center, take a look at the photographs, and you'll see what it was like inside. And okay. there's pillars like the mm -hmm. Roman pillars yep. and stuff on both sides yeah. of the stage. Yep. Wow, this now, building had to have been spectacular. It was. You can see the, the ornament uh, beams. beams and stuff that were still hanging on the wall. And then you have right in the middle the galloping gallows. Yes. So the uh, top part with the trap door and everything, that is the real deal. Okay. The stairs they did replace a little, you know, right. later, but... Uh, and how would they transport people. these? This, this, this is eight foot tall. No, it's each piece is is uh, numbered with a Roman numeral. Okay. And so they would take it. They would unbolt it and yep. put it on a, wa uh, like a, a wagon. Like a wagon. Or wagon. And yep. wow. And they would transport it. And then, as you can see here, these were the last people. So it was used in 1939. They actually sense. were going to use it in '78. Oh, really? But it became unusual and cruel. Right. So. Huh. And there's now, a wagon in here that says Montana State Prison. Is that the wagon that they No, wanted? I think that. Well, that is a wagon. Actually, they had cars by that time. Yeah. So. They, they, it, it, that is a, a, an authentic wagon. It's just been right. ramped up. But for your listeners and that, um, everybody needs to know why, why. Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to give the answer, so maybe your listeners okay. can call it in. Um, why there is 13 steps on a gallows. There's always. 13 to steps. make it an official gallows. Okay. Why is there always 13 steps? And 13 nooses. I was going to say there's 13 wraps on the noose, too. So the, I'm not going to tell you the, the answer. Number thir the number 13 is instrumental here. I just, I, I've never nope. delved into that. So if anybody has the answer to that, let us know. And then when we're off, I'll let you know the answer. But I'm not going to give you the answer. I'm going to have to take guesses <laughs> before you let me know just to keep it going. But uh, I'm sure Google has the answer. So uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. I'm not going to uh, give you the answer. But then, you know, that's, that's, um, that was the official execution method. Okay, you know, and so. they took those particular gallows to all the counties in the counties. state of Montana. Yeah. It was and Montana is a huge yeah. state. It was cheaper to do that than tra than than um, transport prisoners to prison to be hanged. See what wow. I mean? Yeah. So instead of you were convicted, you were put in the jail, 
And you know how the old days was, uh, you're, you know, when you got sentenced to death, you'll be taken from this place to your place of execution from whence you came. God have mercy on your soul. And it would be that place that you were hanged. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Pretty cool, huh? It is. This is and... just absolutely fascinating. And yeah. I really, really appreciate your time, Heather. Yeah, no problem. Uh, this has been great. You've done a great job of taking us through this facility. <laughs> trying to. Uh, oh, no, you're not trying. You're well, getting here, the job done. Trying is a failure word. You've done good. Okay, here's the thing I do I recommend to people that the prison side itself, if you are really into the history um, and you, you read a lot in that, you know, make at least two hours of your time because it is big and there's so much history here. That's just for the prison part itself. I was going to say, we've just kind of scratched the yep. surface and we're pushing two hours yeah, right, right now. And so then you, um, if you if you come and look for all the other prisons, just, hey, come stay in Deer Lodge. We have campgrounds. We have the river. We have um, some great restaurants and some even some good hotels in town. And Make awesome a weekend outdoor of it. recreation. Yeah. I mean, this, Make this, a weekend of it. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And uh, this has been fantastic. Yeah. I so much appreciate your oh, you're time. You're welcome. And uh, I always finish out by saying the world is full of wonders. Oh, it is. Get out Mysteries. and explore. Mysteries. And uh, don't forget, find the answer to that question. Find the answer to that question. <laughs> and everybody, have a wonder-filled day. And summer. And summer. Yeah. All the rolling go, where am I to go? Meet Johnny, where am I to go? For I'm a young and a sailor lad, and where am I to go?